0: Last last week I read out of Colossians chapter 3 and and I got I got at verse 16 and I said let the word of Christ richly dwell within you and I said translated that means read your Bible um, throughout the week that's actually kind of played through my head believe it or not it was sort of accidentally said but um, read your Bible and it's one of those things reading your Bible you shouldn't you're going to you gotta pay attention. You shouldn't make time for that. You shouldn't make time. You should take time. In other words, don't just reschedule something. Don't just resequence something. You need to replace, remove something. Try and find something that isn't oh, is scriptural. Try and find something that isn't godly. Try and find something that's worldly. Remove that, remove the news, remove YouTube, remove Remove your favorite rerun, remove it and replace it with scripture. Last night we were sitting at the kitchen table and Carla says to me, what do you got for today? And I said, I got nothing really. Um, I, I, I have something, I just shared that, but, but scripturally, what am I going to read today? And my son, this is a proud parent moment, my son says, I got something, Pop. And he leaves the room, and he comes back with a pocket notebook. And he reads me a scripture verse. And I'm like, as a father, I'm going like, Man, that's impressive. But the scripture didn't do much for me, right? But then he says, do you, do you want another one? And I'm like, you got more? And he read me a fistful of scriptures. My 13-year-old son. He's reading the Bible, writing stuff down so he remembers it, stuff that matters to him. So we're reading from Philippians today, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of spirit, if any, if, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And here's my son's verse. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Let's all stand. Fathers, we get ready to worship. Lord, we come to you to get rid of ourselves, Lord, and to think of others and to worship you, Father, and thank you for the words that you have given us for your love, for your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. I just want to reinforce, and before I start to read, uh, Brian just gave the uh, announcement about the giving to the local food shelf. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. We've been hearing from a number of sources that uh, the food shelves are being really strained this year, uh, but from a number of different, you know, we've, we've had people who have been eyewitness to long car lines uh, around, you know, blocks and blocks of cars waiting to go through a food shelf. So, hey, let's be a blessing. Amen. Let's be a part of that. and and. Uh, that we can get two tables if we need to, three. We can, you know, make trips. We can do whatever. So, I encourage you to be a part of that, and uh, we'll be blessed. Amen. Matthew chapter one, beginning with verse eighteen, says this: it "says Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit." Jesus. Well, here we are. Brian uh, mentioned that this is the Advent season. Um, you know, maybe you haven't noticed. We're not very liturgical here. We don't do we don't do the liturgy. But there are times in the year where it makes sense to focus on what the time of the year is. And here we are at Christmas time, going into the Christmas season this whole month. And uh, as we do that. You know, we don't follow a set pattern of you know services or sermons or anything. Usually I don't I don't really speak on Christmas at all. Because I you know I've been a pastor now for a long time. I'd have to do the math. And you know me and math. Ninety-two. So that'd be almost 29 years coming up this next year. Wow. Yeah, I know I don't even look that old, do I? So <laughs> After 29 years, that's 29 Christmases, 29 opportunities to preach a sermon around this time. You know, there's only so much you can say about Christmas. It is Christmas, okay? But, okay, so I've not done it much lately. This year I'm gonna, I just feel in the mood. I feel Christmassy. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. But it may be a little different than the usual Christmas sermons you might hear because it might get political. Or it might be challenging to your, you know, your faith, or you know, whatever. It might even be challenging to your theology. I mean, I can mess with your theology. You want me to mess with your theology? Yeah. Yeah. It's just no, no.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no. I won't take Santa Claus away because. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, Jesus was not born at Christmas. We know that, right? We understand that. Yeah. He, when was he born? Pastor Greg's birthday, September 9th. Four years before zero. So like four years BC, what they used to consider BC. If you've ever seen it, have anybody here ever seen the Bethlehem Star? It's a video, the Bethlehem Star. It's on YouTube. It is phenomenal. I can't, you know, I won't even talk about it because it's it is so good. How they actually they actually go talk to astronomers and and talk about how the earth how everything moves and and they find the Bethlehem star they tell you what the Beth the star of Bethlehem thank you thank you Deb yes so star of Bethlehem
2: <laughs>
1: it's good stuff okay so. But he wasn't he was actually born on September 9th, which actually makes all the sense in the world. Theologically. Do you know why? What else happens in September? What else do we know? Anniversary. Your anniversary. <laughs> no, no. Although happy anniversary. That's awesome. What else happens in in, in September in the Jewish calendar? <laughs> Feast of Booths, it's Rosh Hashanah. It's the the Jewish New Year. Guess when Jesus was born. Jesus was born on the same day Adam was created, thousands of years later. Isn't that interesting? Remember the, the first Adam and the second Adam Discussion in Hebrews. So there is there is purpose. There's meaning. You know, God did things with a, with a plan in mind. None of this stuff happens. None, nothing in history happened by accident. God planned it. He worked it. I mean, it, the Bible says that in the fullness of time, Christ was born. Why? Why was it the fullness of time? Because He has a purpose. He has a plan, and and everything He has done makes sense, and it's orderly, and it works. He's made provision every step of the way. We're going to see that. He's made provision every step of the way. So why would he change now? Moving forward in time, moving forward with our lives, why would he do anything different than to have a plan, to have a purpose, to have provision, to have or it just be orderly, you know, as chaotic as it looks like out in the world, in the kingdom, there's order and there's blessing and there's provision. So, we see this story, this account of uh, the birth of Christ in Matthew chapter one, and we see some things that are, you know, like, hmm, you know, th- ever read the Bible and you go, hmm, things that make you go, hmm, you know, one of the things it says here is that, you know, Mary was found. To be with child uh, by the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph being a just and just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to, to divorce her quietly. you know the reality what did they do to women who were found to be with child outside of marriage they didn't just divorce them they killed them. I mean talk about messing up your Christmas. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, those are some of the things I, I read this and I go, hmm. You know, being a just man, did he's like, he did, was he just trying to distance himself from her? I don't know. We don't know. Doesn't say that. All it just says is he's unwilling to put her to shame. She was already in shame. You know, the Pharisees knew it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't hidden. You know, it wasn't like today where somebody you know, has a child early. You, know, the, you, you, were, you were born early. No, you were born on time. You were conceived early. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> you know, they, don't, you know, they didn't mess around back then. Things happened the way they happened. So God had to intervene for his plan to work. Because, well, we go on. It says here, in a dream, uh, but he, he considered these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord, verse 20, the angel of the, Lord, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And he reads all of that. We read down to verse 23. Behold, this is a fulfillment of of this prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We we sang that this morning. When we sing that, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was God with us with us theologically, he had to be God. That means his father couldn't be Joseph or anybody else. His father had to be God, had to be the Holy Spirit. Well how did that all work? I have no idea. I suppose, I don't, who knows? He spoke. God, God can create nothing out of something or something out of nothing by the word. So can you. But it took a dream, it took a divine intervention by God to speak into somebody's life for them to move forward. He's done that in the past. Why wouldn't he do that today? He does do it today. God does speak. God does speak into our lives. God does... Tell us, give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us knowledge. We're going to see another uh, you know situation here where God spoke again to, to Joseph and he gave him direction that saved Jesus' life. Praise God. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. you know we, we've been talking about faith. you know so we're making a little bit of a deviation you know we've been, we, we talked about faith is and then we talked about prayer last week. I really wanted to continue on with that but it's Christmas. So I'm doing a Christmas sermon. And but in it we talked last week that you know it is one thing to hear the voice of God, hear the leading of God, but then what do you have to do? You have to act on it. That's what faith is. Faith is isn't a feeling. Faith is isn't a knowledge. Faith is a verb. Faith is you believe God so much that you actually act upon it and move forward. Joseph had to wake up that morning and go, whoa, that was the lamb pizza.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, weird dreams last night. Hey, he's he working with a guy at the, at the carpenter shop, and he goes, I had a really crazy dream last night that my wife's pregnant. Or my wife to be is pregnant, but I'm supposed to marry her anyway. Whew, that was the pizza. Or he could believe that it was a word from the Lord. How do you know if a dream is a word from the Lord? Well, it comes true. It's the first, but also it lines up with Scripture and blah 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 blah. We're not we're not governed by dreams, but there are times when you have dreams like yeah, that's from God. I've had those many times, and I've had a lot of dreams that are definitely not from God. So why you got to know the voice of God? You got to know the. You have to know the word of God. You have to understand if it if it lines up, if it makes sense, if it has oomph, if it's you know if it's got power. But Joseph gets the dream, gets the word of the Lord, but then he has to wake up and do it. Because if you don't do it, if you don't represent, man, just everything that's been said so far this morning. If you notice how this is all. T- if you don't represent, if you don't do it, if you don't live it, if you don't speak it, if you don't. If you don't do it, then what's the use? Because God, if you've noticed that God doesn't just always speak from heaven, you know, hey, you people need to get saved. It'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But no, he's told us to do it. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We have to be obedient and do it. Joseph had to be obedient and do it. Slide down to chapter 2, verse 1. I'm skipping a bunch there, but this is the part I wanted to really focus on this morning. Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it arose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, in all Jerusalem with him. Why? Because his political position was compromised! No, I'm sorry. Sorry. Politicians! Sorry. In the star of Bethlehem, star of Bethlehem, that's the one. Okay, in the star of Bethlehem, it actually talks about why these guys would have done that, why they would have followed. There, there was a purpose behind it. They were astrologers. Okay, they, you know, they, but they did astronomy to understand what meant what. But they were astrologers. They, they were, you know, the Bible actually says, you know, you know, messing with your theology, just to mess with your theology a little bit. Do you know that when God created the heavens and the earth, do you remember what He said? that the stars would be signs in the heavens for times and seasons. Now, you don't do astrology, okay? Let's just make that very clear. Astrology is for dummies, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> it's not real, okay? It's, they're making stuff up. It's stupid. It's demonic. It's, you know, can I make it, do I need to make it stronger? Don't do that. It's dumb. You're, not, you're going to get messed up so bad, it's just, hello. But, there are signs in the heavens that, that I mean, there's a whole, you know, the, God did put signs in the heavens that would, and the star was one of them. And they actually understood what it meant, and they followed him, Not you know, him in the, the message, not the stars themselves. And they followed it, and in the Star of Bethlehem, it's amazing. For you know, those of you who have seen it, it talks about why they would go in the direction that they did. There was actual, they followed that star. It moved ahead of them and explains how that, and it, when it says that it came to rest over Bethlehem, there's a reason why it came to rest. It's really cool. You have to watch it. It's on YouTube. You don't have to even buy it. It's on YouTube. It's fun. Star of Bethlehem. Where was I talking about? Oh, wise men. And it freaked him out. It scared uh, Herod, and it scared the people. Why? Because Herod's messed up. Herod's worked up now. And when that king back then, remember, you know, so if you remember history, Jewish history, uh, the the Romans had come in. They had uh, um, taken over. They were occupying Israel, and they set up a king. He was a Jewish man, right? If I remember, he was a Jewish. Herod was Jewish. And they set him up as king to oversee. you know they thought, "Hey, we'll give him a king of their own person, but he's just a puppet." Well, Herod was an amazing guy. Actually he was. Herod was, was, a, was a builder, much of, there was great wonders of the world built in, in, in Jerusalem or Judea at the time that people say, yeah, he was a, an architect, he was this, he was a great man. But he was also a politician. <laughs> and it went to his head and he liked the power. He liked the authority. And he started to iron, rule with an iron fist. Even the people, his own people. And so they were afraid. Because he was a, he, oh, he was worked up, they were worked up. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, because he, he called them uh, to him, and said, where, where are these people from? Or where is this going to happen? They told him, In Bethlehem of Ju- Judea, so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Well, wait a second. I, Herod's going, Wait a second. That's my job. That's my job to be the shepherd. That's my job to be in control for people to go at my beck and whim wait a second some little kid you're gonna a baby's gonna be born that's gonna take my job and not just take my job but take all my, my whole family because this was in you know, all this a kingship. what was it three sons he had somebody you historian people three or four all the Herods Tetrarch and and uh, yeah, whatever doesn't matter he had a family of people who wanted to be in charge and this was a direct threat then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. Well, it had happened, it had appeared two years before. And they had been following it, you know, planning on it, getting ready to go, and then going, making the trip for two years. That's why, we'll read here in just a second, he killed every baby, every boy under the age of two. Because they said it, it it had happened, it had appeared. He wanted to know when it appeared. When did the king's star appear? He said two years ago. And he sent them to, to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Yeah, right. <laughs> frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in a dream. There there it is again. Being warned in a dream. I'm not advocating you be led by dreams. I'm really not. Dreams are a confirmation of what you already know. Just Just like a word of knowledge. Somebody prophesies over you and says, oh, the Lord says such and such and thus and so. That should not direct your life ever. That is not how You should hear for the very first time, you know, you need to quit your job and go work for. That's not how it works. Now, if you've been thinking, well, man, if you've been seeking God and you've been praying and you've been listening and you think, well, I'm I feel like I'm supposed to quit my job, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know if I should. This ah, I'm really struggling with, and then somebody prophesies over you, or you have a dream that, hey, quit your job, go do something. Well, then you might want to put a little more credence in it. But it's never the first thing. My guess is those wise men had already been going. You know, did, you, did something a little seem off with you about Herod? He didn't seem like a guy who would really like to have the king of Israel being born on his watch. I don't know. Something it doesn't set right. And then they have a dream. Hey, don't go back. Go go different way home. Oh, okay. We're out of here. Being warned in a dream, where was I? Verse 12. 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Isn't this interesting? I mean, how often does God speak to you? How often does God speak to people? He's always speaking, He as often as he needs to. God's speaking. I've had people tell me, I've had ministers tell me, oh, God doesn't speak to people like that anymore. Bunk! That's not true. God speaks all the time. Every time when you, when you open up your Bible and you start to read it, He's speaking to you. And He's giving you direction. You know, when things work out in your life, it's not because you're wise. It's because you're following God. He's your source. He's your lead. He's, you know, and so you know there are things you do sometimes, and you go, "Why? Why did I do that?" Well, I don't know. God was leading you. You were being led by Him. You were allowing Him to. But if you're not in the Word, if you're not seeking, if you're not listening to Him, then you don't hear Him. I know that's true because I have people in my house who speak to me all the time. And I go, I think I just heard somebody say this, but I have no idea what it was. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just so sorry. <laughs> right, right, men? Yeah, nobody's gonna acknowledge. Nobody's acknowledging. <laughs> right, Peter? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Just like wives, God's speaking all the time. <laughs> all the time. No. But you just need to be listening. Are you recognizing his voice? You know, how do you recognize somebody's voice? You know, I can walk in the house and I, and I hear somebody say something. I go, oh, that's so-and-so before I even see him. Why? Because you spend enough time with people, you recognize them. I can recognize some of you by your laughs. You, you spend enough time with somebody, you will, you will understand, you, know, you hear them, and you'll know, oh, that's, that's so-and-so. Same way with God. You spend enough time with God, when he speaks, you go, ooh. How do I know when, when a dream is God and when it's not God? Because I go, ooh, that's my father. Or when I have, when somebody, I've had, oh man, I had a guy one time, I went to a speak in another church, and the guy comes up to me and he goes, ah, excuse me, he says, I've got a word from the Lord for you. I was like, okay, sure. And he starts to talk. Blah, 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 blah. And the whole, blah, blah. And by the end of it, (laughs) I was like, man, you're whacked. And that's what I'm thinking. I didn't say it to him. (laughs) But I'm thinking, that had nothing to do with anything. Why? Because I know the voice of the Lord. But we were over here. Was it two? Was a two, it was a two uh, week devoted to God's ago when we were praying together, and we were we kind of got into this little bit of a rut. We were kind of whiny, you know. I mean, we were, we're kind of talking about what the problem was. But and one of the ladies who's you know kind of quarantined right now in, in a nursing home, she can't she can't come and be. Oh, I miss her so much, Kathy. I miss you so much. And she just she just put her Bible down. And she said, "But God." You know, everybody was going, well, what about this? And what about that? What about this? And she goes, but God. And I went, everybody in the whole room went, oh, that was the voice of the Lord. It wasn't super eloquent. It wasn't, you know, if you know Kathy, it wasn't, you know, deeply theological, except it was deeply theological. It was deeply anointed. Why? Because it was the voice of God through her. You need to recognize the voice of God, but then you got to act upon it. Then you got to move forward. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And being in a, uh, verse twelve, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. Now if you remember, and I could go off on the whole why they stayed in a manger, why they stayed in a stable. Why was Jesus born in a stable? Anybody know why he was born in the stable? I didn't. I can't hear. It was all... There's no room at the inn. Exactly. That's what everybody... Do you know, why, why did they have to go to Bethlehem? Why did they have to go to Bethlehem?
2: Census.
1: Census. And why to go specifically to Bethlehem? Because that was their hometown. So all of their relatives, both of them, all of their relatives... We're in Bethlehem. So why did a pregnant woman and her husband have to stay in a stable? (laughs) Because she was pregnant before she got married. You could stay in the barn. Interesting. Because all of their relatives were there. And you can't tell me... You know, we've got family coming home for Christmas. Don't tell the governor. We got family coming home for for Christmas. I'm not putting them in the garage. Just so you know, if you're watching, sometimes he watches from California, you don't have to stay in the garage this year. (laughs) (laughs) You don't put your family in a barn unless you're ashamed of it. Unless they're being punished. And it was, you know, interesting. But... You know and, and, and there's no room. maybe they thought hey we don't want to be in the basement or we don't want to be in the garage we don't be so they went actually went to an inn okay maybe that is it maybe they went to an inn and they were kicked out but it wasn't like they were rich but what did god do right before he told them to go take this expensive long trip he brought them gold frankincense and myrrh he provided even in the midst, I mean, this is, this is scary stuff, folks. You know, you have a newborn child. Well, actually, he's probably two years old at the time. Two years old because it took two years for the star, it took two years, so he's two years old. I think one, I think one uh, part of the gospel says he was two years old when the, when the wise men got there. Okay, they've been living now in Bethlehem for a while, for two years. But now they got to take this expensive trip and then survive there for a number of years. I don't remember, nobody know, anybody knows how, how long it was that they were in Egypt before Herod died. I bet we could figure it out. But 10 maximum, somewhere in there. So well, we don't know. But, but they had to live there for a while. Well, God provided for them because frankincense and myrrh was expensive stuff. Still is. You essential oil people. <laughs> gouging us for all this essential oils. <laughs> Want some frankincense? I'll get you some frankincense. No. But it was expensive stuff. They could sell it. They could use You know, yes, it was prophetic. You know what the. you know what the gold, frankincense, and myrrh? There's, there's whole meanings behind why they brought those gifts. We may get into it in the later weeks. I haven't studied it out completely. I've heard it many times, but, but they were... They were given to them. They could sell them, and they lived on, you know, they could live on that. God provided for them in this extremely, you have a, a newborn child, two years old, and now you've got to uproot your family, travel across the known world, and then live there for a while, and now in a country you don't even know. And God gave them provision. God, how much more? How much will God provide for you? No matter how scary the situation, no matter how weird it is, how many, you know, how odd it is out there today. Why would God not provide for you? Just like He's always provided for His His people ahead of time. God's provided for you. Just listen to Him. No, if He tells you to go buy more toilet paper, buy more toilet paper. but if he doesn't, don't hoard. That's weird. (laughs) And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. He obeyed God. He obeyed God. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to believe it. It's one thing to understand it. It's another thing you've got to do it. If he tells you to do something, do it. Why? Because you'll be blessed. Other people will be I'm so glad Joseph obeyed God. If he hadn't obeyed God, we wouldn't be here right now. There'd be no point. But Joseph obeyed the voice of the Lord. Praise God for that. Verse 16, or 15. And they remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. You know, that's actually prophetic also. That's powerfully prophetic. Why did Jesus have to go to Egypt? It's kind of like he was following the steps of the wandering Jewish nation. And God called him, just like he called them, just like he calls out of the world, out of sin, out of darkness, out of Egypt not that egypt the place is evil it's the concept it's the it's the type and shadow out of egypt i'll call my son verse 16 then herod when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in bethlehem and in all that region who were 2 years old or under According to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy on a nation that kills their children. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. That's not very Christmassy. Well, you put it in the Christmas story truths truths to live by truths the church and not just me the church that you every one of us need to speak in this time we need to obey and we need to speak truth you need to speak we need to be speaking what's true because otherwise the world how does the world know how does the world know because the world is lost. The world is in darkness. The world is in sin. As far as they know, they're living right. How will they know that they're not living right unless believers, unless we speak and tell them what the truth is? Oh, well, yeah, but what if they get mad at us? I'd rather, I'd rather stand before God and say, hey, I did it, man. It, you know, I'm here early. I got here early. <laughs> but at least I said it. At least I did it. Unless I took a stand. Unless I took a stand in this dark time and say, "No. There's no way to live. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to we're not going to we're not going to be ugh. fill in the blank. You know me well enough to know what I'm talking about. Freedom. Freedom to speak truth. This is truth, man. All of this is truth. His word is truth. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. They're wrong. He's right. Amen. Amen. The ushers will come with communion. We're gonna receive communion at the end here and worship team if you'll come up. So we're talking about Christmas time, we're talking about Advent. The Advent season goes from this year, from the end of November until June. Like I say, we don't follow Advent. We, you know, For me, I, I live Advent every day of my life. I'm so grateful for Jesus being born. We're, but Advent is about not only the first coming, but also the second coming. As part of Advent is also Palm Sunday, Easter, but also Pentecost. It's all part of Advent. And so today, in our mini celebration of Advent, we've talked about the birth of Christ. We'll probably talk about it more. I just have this feeling that this month we might spend some more time there. Next week, you're going to have a blast. It's a kids program. See, It's going to be awesome. But the week after that, we may talk about Christmas again. We just might. I'm feeling in a Christmassy mood this year. But as a part of Advent, is also the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And in the reading that we just had this week out of Matthew, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples, and he does this in Matthew 26, beginning with verse 26. says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins I tell you I will not drink it again of this fruit of the vine until the day that when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom, Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be tortured. He knew he was going to be put on a cross. That he was going to die and be put in a, put in a grave. But he also knew he had hope. He had he had the word of God. He had scriptures. He had read it. He had heard it preached, and he knew. That he be risen again, by faith he knew. So he trusted God all the way to the cross, by faith. You don't you don't hear fear in this prayer, in this explanation. You don't hear fear in even the high high priestly prayer of John 17 when he's in the garden and he's praying. We don't you don't hear fear. What you hear is love. Even on the cross, he had love for those that were crucifying him, says, Lord, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. So today as we celebrate Jesus' life, we celebrate the life that he gave us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And if you're new here, we want you, if you're a believer, if you're born again, we want you to partake with us. We want you to be a part of communion with us. If you're not born again, if you're not saved, I want to give you an opportunity right now. The Bible says somebody asked him, asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. It's that easy. Believe that God that, that you know he created Jesus in that womb, in that, in that virgin. He was born. He lived a sinless life. He he ministered for three years. He went to the cross. He died for every one of your sins. Everyone. And then he rose again, first one, first one risen from the dead. From that moment forward, anyone who called on his name, doesn't matter where you are, when you are, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter. He forgave every one of your sins, but you have to choose to believe him. You choose to go, I believe that, I'm in. That that death, that burial, that blood was for me. I receive what Jesus did for me. If you do that right now, then I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. It's not a ritual, it's not a a certain phraseology, it's a choice you make in your heart. And when you make that choice in your heart, you'll live different, you'll change. Some change slow, some change quick. That doesn't matter. That comes next week, that comes later. What comes first? is call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. So Father, right now, we just stand with each and every one, whether they're here in person or whether they're watching by television or by internet. Father, thank you for salvation. Lord, I receive. I receive what Jesus did on the cross for me. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Fill me. Be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the power to live this life. That's the prayer. That's, that's how easy it is. It isn't what order it's set in. It's just say it from your heart. And then as we receive today, we're going to come up forward and you know what we're going to do is, is we're going to just hold it. Go back to your seat. Hold the, the elements. We'll receive it together all at one time at the very end. Amen? as the worship team sings. You're going to want to pull the two cups apart. We're going to do the bread first. You don't want them together when you do that. Father, we do thank You for the body of Christ. We thank You for His broken body, the body that took that sin. But also, Lord, I thank You for the body of Christ for this body for all the body across the world that as we receive communion today we're celebrating the fact that he rose and we thank you for this body in Jesus name and Lord we thank you for the blood of Christ for the blood that was shed innocent blood for the sins of the whole world Thank you, Lord, for that blood for giving us, for buying us back, allowing us to be in fellowship with you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. Hallelujah. Can I have the elders come forward again? If you guys need prayer for anything, the elders are here to pray with you as the worship team sings through maybe another time or two of this song. You're dismissed if you desire to be, but leave quietly because the we'd like to get, if you have need prayer for anything, these folks will pray with you and agree with you for whatever
2: is on your heart. God bless.